Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Authentic Messengers. My name is Catherine Van Wetter and I'll be your host today. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, I will be interviewing different authors from our new book, Life Spark. All of these interviews will be archived, so if you miss one, you can go to www.blogtalk forward slash authenticmessengers.com. Please also visit our Facebook page at Authentic Messengers and give us a thumbs up. Any sorts of comments that you would like to leave would be greatly appreciated. So thank you, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to interview I'm excited to interview my next guest and to introduce you to her. Her name is Veronica Lynch and Veronica will be sharing her personal journey through diagnosing and healing chronic back pain. And she'll talk to us about her decision to choose surgery as her path to healing and her decision to share her story as a way to help others who may be suffering. Good afternoon, Veronica. Thank you for being on today. Good afternoon, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Actually, it's six your time, right? Is that about right? Yes, it is. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. being back east. So thank you. So tell me a little bit about how it is that you, um, how long you suffered from back pain and how it, how it happened, if you want to, sh- whatever you, it is you want to share. Sure. Uh, oh, well, I began to feel discomfort in my back in 2009 while I was working in my yard. I remember bending over to pick up something and felt a pinch in my lower back. I kept thinking it would go away if I just continued to work out as I always did about four times a week. And so I continued to have intermittent discomfort, but I did not seek medical attention to determine what was the cause in the pain. Um, Much to my surprise, About five years later, in 2014, it was actually on Thanksgiving Day, that I had this excruciating pain in my lower back and down the back of both of my legs to my instep. It was so bad that I had to lie down to get off my feet. And um, the frightening pain was so debilitating that it caused me to seek medical attention because I could no longer walk, say, 20 feet without finding some place to sit, whether it was on a a step, a bench, a crate, whatever I could find, I just had to sit down. So out of fear, I made my way from South Carolina, where I was at the time, to my primary position Uh, my primary physician in New York in search of some answers. Uh, So he immediately referred me to a a neurologist for consultation. I then began my journey to x-rays, MRI, CAT scan, and physical therapy. And that's how it all began for me. Um. The neurologist uh, Sorry, sent me I, my, to... my, phone, my phone went off for a minute. I apologize. I'm back. 
so I, I didn't mean to have that pregnant pause in there. So, so you started seeking out different answers to what was going on because it wasn't as simple as just saying you had thrown your back out, right? There was something more going on than that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely something more going on, especially since I continued to work out and uh, I was doing it about four times a week, doing some yoga postures and all that. But it turned out that that didn't really help at all. So I, I it was so debilitating. I decided I really needed to uh, go and have a, a professional doctor check it out. Hmm. So, um, so once I got to my mm-hmm. oh, I was just gonna ask what. Uh, anyway, continue talking, and I'll ask I'll ask the question once you're done. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I went to my doctor, and, of course, he sent me to a neurologist. And uh, the neurologist uh, suggested that I get physical therapy and um, some other alternative approaches like acupuncture, um, physical therapy, uh, chiropractic. I, I did just about everything, and nothing helped at all. Um, he also gave me a, a test to determine I had, like, a pinch nerve as well. So um, finally, I went back to him, and he said, well, you know, I've done everything that I could do for you, and that's not normal. So I think that I'm going to refer you to a a neurosurgeon. And so he did, and um, that's when I was told that I would have to uh, do a laminectomy. And what is a laminectomy? Well, a laminectomy is a a type of um, surgery procedure, um, a back surgery procedure that helps to relieve compression on the spinal cord. Um, During the procedure, the the back part of of the bone part of your vertebra um, in the spine, which is called the lamina, they open Mm -hmm. that or scrape it to create extra space for the nerves to flow through freely. Wow. It sounds extensive. How long was your recovery for that? Well, the the surgery itself took about seven and a half hours, and um, Mm. the recovery was, well, he said about six to eight months, so I'm actually still in recovery right now. Um, uh, I was in the hospital for about uh, three days, and then I was um, discharged. But unfortunately, two weeks later, uh, when I returned for my uh, follow-up, they discovered that I had a blood clot in my left lung. Um, wow. I had been having, yeah, I had been having some pains, some chest pains. Whenever I breathed too hard, I, I got the, the pain in my left chest. And when I got to the doctor, I'm so happy that I listened to my body and went to the doctor right away for that uh, chest pain because they discovered that I had a blood clot. And so I was readmitted back into the hospital for a period. And, um, of course, I was given more medication and and whatnot. But uh, since I've been out, I've been recovering and recuperating very nicely. I'm so grateful. Wow. So was was the surgery your only option then? Because it sounds like you had also explored 
different healings, um, if you said acupuncture and different other modalities of healing, and you found that surgery was the right was the right decision for you, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I believe that it was the only decision for me. Um, yeah, I had exhausted all the other options, and I just couldn't imagine my life, um, my quality of life being um, that way. I, I had things that I, I had to do. I had goals. I had aspirations. I had my business, and it was really hard for me to um, not be able to get around. Um, the doctors yeah. did explain different form of treatment, but uh, th- this one um, seemed right for me at the time, uh, and so I decided to do that. And are you still doing the same kind of work that you were doing, or has your focus and attention gone more to helping others who may have chronic or acute back pain? Well, my focus, um, I've always been doing the work that I'm doing, and my intention is to continue, and that is to really encourage and inspire people with um, my story and my experiences. And this just um, happened to be one of those experiences that I will continue to share because I, um, I, I believe that it's important to uh, take care of yourself um, and not put off for tomorrow what you can do, do today. Um, I feel strongly that I, I probably um, waited so long because I was afraid to take care of my, my back. I, I had heard so many different things about surgery and how difficult it would be and painful. And, um, but I knew that um, compared to what I was experiencing and how debilitating it was, I really had to make this decision, and this was right for me. Wow. Why do you think it is that people tend to put off something, in your case, the back, uh, taking care of it? Was it because you were afraid that once they opened it up that it may be more than you expected? Or what was your process around around that, finally deciding? Well, it, well, I had some fear in the beginning, and I think that's why I put it off in the beginning. I I always felt that um, if I did the surgery, I, I wasn't sure how long it would take me to get back on my feet. Um, I was afraid to just have um, my body cut. I had never had that kind of surgery before. Um, and, you know, sometimes I just think that um, we we tend to put things off and that we assume or uh, say to ourselves that it's going to get better or it's really not a big deal. And, um but with me, my doing that, it, um, I put it off until I had become helpless, really. Um, so that's why um, I, I did it. I, but I, I recognize during the process of um, making the decision and waiting for the surgery, I really had to uh, focus my mind on um, maintaining a positive attitude I meditated, I prayed, I asked uh, my spiritual helpers for guidance, and um, I had um, gotten to the point where I became fearless. I I felt everything was going to be fine. I I felt um, uh, patient. I felt um, 
at ease, and I believe that um, everything would be okay. Wow. Well, I noticed that you're a doctor. You you have your PhD. Is it in the area of medicine, or is it an area that's different than? It's in it's in metaphysics. In metaphysics, so it's from a mm-hmm. metaphysical cycle. point of view. From a metaphysical point of view, did you aspire to lessons through this, or um, what sorts of insights did you have as a result of of dealing with this? Well, um, one of the big insights for me is the importance of just taking care of myself. And mm-hmm. um, the, 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 I think that uh, self-care is uh, health care, which leads to self-love and self-healing. And um, as a result of doing that, I, I just feel that I am more patient with myself. I... Uh, I learned, um, I allowed myself to be vulnerable because I had never had that kind of experience before. I, I felt so much, so more, much more humble because um, I had gotten to the place after surgery, I couldn't really do anything for myself. I had to depend on uh, caregivers to feed me, to bathe me. Uh, I could not walk. Um, so, when you're flat on your back, I, I, I feel like it uh, gives you, it showed me how important um, it was for me to um, ask for help, and it made me so much more grateful. I mean, I trusted that um, the people who um, I had around me um, would take care of me, but being the caregiver, most of the time it was like a switch, uh, and a role reversal kind of uh, thing. So, um, yeah, I think my background in metaphysics really helped in this situation for me to feel more humble, to, to trust the, the process and to um, be uh, tolerant, you know, of, of other situations. And the other thing that it really helped that helped me with my training was uh, my faith. My faith has increased so much. And I remember going into the surgery when I told the surgeon I was ready, I was smiling because my faith in the divine was so strong at the time. I just felt it would, everything would be okay. And after I came through the surgery, um, seven, eight hours later, I was still grinning because, I felt um, God has take, had taken care of me, and it was a miracle that I had such a fantastic uh, uh, medical team to work with me. So, um, wow. yeah, um, it really did help me. Wow. So um, for those who are listening who may not know exactly um, what metaphysics is and the type of work you do, can you give a thumbnail description of what that is and what it encompasses? Yes, it's basically an area of psychology that um, Mm -hmm. deals with um, the first thing, the nature of uh, God and uh, uh, the nature of man and um, the oncology, uh, ontology of things. Um, uh, It's a very um, spiritual process that um, 
helps you to uh, uh, understand the nature of God and how things um, happen in the universe. Wow. So through your studies of becoming, having your PhD in this area of work, have you come across insights and information about, well, we talk about how divine everything is and how our lives are unfolding in their perfection. Do you have any sense, any personal belief that there's never any accidents, what people are faced with, such as what we could call term as hardships or challenges in order to get someone's attention? Yes, I I, I totally agree with that. I, I actually believe that um, things that we consider as hardships or as uh, problems and difficulties, uh, in fact, ways to uh, bring us closer to the divine, there are ways for us to understand who we are as a divine spark or being of light. And um, I think um, our greatest challenges usually turns out to be our greatest blessing. At least this is how I'm looking at this situation. I feel that I've been so blessed in uh, having this experience and the miracles that occurred along the way, how the divine force allowed even the appointment time to work in um, sync with um, the timing of the surgery, um, the people who came in my um, site at the time who were very helpful and supportive. It was just so amazing how the, you know, how the, how the source took care of me. And, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just be forever grateful for that. Um, mm-hmm. I also have credentials in social work, so that also came into play in terms of the um, social services and the visitor nurse services that was uh, provided for me, and it was just uh, amazing, the whole experience that, uh, that I've been through. And I just wanted to share that with everyone to um, just show my gratitude and to to maybe inspire somebody to not feel so afraid or not to uh, delay um, what their bodies are telling them because I believe that our bodies give us signals and signs and we are to listen to those signals and signs and take action. Right. So you mentioned a little bit that you're back. You, um, what I heard you say is that you're dealing with the whole back issue and the subsequent surgery. You've found ways to nurture yourself, to take care of yourself more. What other sorts of things, lessons or blessings did you receive from this? Well, as I said, um, I've just become more compassionate with myself. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, 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 a more gentle with myself. I have a way now that I, uh, I feel more grateful, more gratitude for um, having this experience and being able to share it. Um, I trust the process um, more. I trust every single day. I, I feel so humble I, I'm not judging myself. I'm not. I'm taking my thumb up, uh, so to speak, off of myself. Prior to the surgery, I probably had been um, 
so judgmental of even myself and hard on myself. And since the surgery, I realized, you know, God has allowed uh, this situation to happen so that I can uh, rise up, so that I can be elevated and um, be glorious and joyful. And um, I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that's also, wonderful. Yes. Well, now, I was going to say that I'm also, I feel more tolerant of myself and others. And I understand mm-hmm. how others might be um, afraid or resistant and uh, not take an action to, to do what they need to do to take care of themselves. And I understand it even more now because I, I feel like I'm better able to put myself in someone else's place. And that makes a huge that makes such a huge difference as we walk this path to be able to compassionately look at others recognizing that their path may be a little different than ours, but that we suffer similarly. Um, And it creates really a beautiful brother and sisterhood of all of us, all our relations um, being able to support each other in this. The back is a curious thing because sometimes it's been, it's been recognized as feeling like you don't have support. Other times it's been um, the feeling that you don't have support. Other times it's been looked at as depending on where in the back it is that there's fear around finance or, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's really interesting to see how our body talks to us, of course, and lets us know um, what's going on and how we can subsequently address it. Yes, yes. Um, like I said, it it the back. Uh, you not your back is not well, and uh, you're in pain. It's really difficult to function. And as I said before, it took me a long time to make this decision because I kept thinking it would go away. And uh, I'm strong. I'm working out. I, I it will go away, and, and I'll be okay. And um, it. Like I said, it took me a while, uh, I think it was like almost five years for me to really get the message that you really mean need to take the deci- make a decision and not put it, put it off anymore. Um, and the, I'm so glad I did because it really gave me a brand new chance, a brand new life. And I'm walking now and able to get around and I'm making really good movement in my, um, in my treatments and uh, I'm back. To, to normal in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> That's good. Wow, five years. For some reason, I was thinking a few months or a year at the latest. Five years is a long time to be suffering. Yes. Um, yes. To be suffering. Did it keep getting worse then over the years, or did it stay consistent and just never got better? It got worse over the years. I mean, I kept doing all yeah. the, the the typical home remedies like the heating pad and the ice packs and uh, the stretching and all that, but nothing really helped um, until I decided to uh, make that decision to go to the neurologist. And even at that time, deep down, I knew that it probably needed um, something more. And... Um, I went as long as I could, <laughs> and then I decided, look, you know, this is not really getting any better. I'm just putting it off. I I really need to make the decision. My insurance was um, was available, 
and I took the lead. Um, this experience has um, helped me in so many different ways. My heart is just open to loving others and, and being loved. I mean, that particular time period where I had to allow other people to love me and take care of me, um, it's just opened my eyes to a whole brand new experience. I am not a yeah. self-centered. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that deal with chronic and acute back pain. We seem to be a culture of that. You know, people are always seeming to complain of it and either take drugs all the time or go in for numerous um, surgeries. So is this the surgery you had done and are you done with having to have more or is this is just is this one of many? Well, this is it. Hopefully, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I recently had uh, my uh follow up and I was told that I'm doing nicely. I I am taking no medication at this point. Uh I'm not even wearing a brace or walking with a walker or cane. I am totally on my own. And it's just it's just very um humbling to knowing where I was, say five months ago to where I am now. Um, I'm aware of how blessed I am, even with the the um, the blood clot that was in my chest. I think it's so important to pay attention to the signs and not wait too long to take action. And um, I think that uh, this this uh, uh, philosopher um, who talked about what is deferred is not avoided for Thomas More, that um, great social philosopher and author. And I think that's such a true quote because I kept deferring, I kept putting it off, putting it off, saying I'm going to do it myself, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. But I realized five years later that um, deferring it, did, I did not avoid it. I was still experiencing it and had to handle it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it sounds like there's still a lot of emotion for you around it. Yes. Um, when I think about, you know, uh, how long it took and what I've had to go through to really um, experience this uh, change, um, and, you know, I, I just lost a friend to um, blood clots in um, in his um, lung, and mm. um, you know, I, I like I said, I'm aware of so how blessed I am because I, had I not listened to my body, I could have said, okay, well, I'll be seeing the doctors about a couple of weeks and and waited, but I decided that uh, no, um, this is a sign that my body's given me. It's a message that I need to listen and take heed. And so when I returned, lo and behold, uh, I was told that I had to be rehospitalized. 
Yeah. And that's a curious thing because our body is talking all the time. Really, if we get to know, if we get to know our body and really sense into it, it's, it's an amazing barometer to let us know what's going on. And it will let us know this, though, sounds like it was so different for you to heed that call because I'm sure you've had other times that things have been going on and you didn't pay as much attention to it. Right. Right, and and I did, and and I I thought that's probably why it took me so long too, because I just assume, well, you know, I'm busy, I have work to do, I have this to do, I have that to do, I'll take care of everyone else, and you know, eventually this will go away because I I was on the heating pad and it helped a little bit, so the next day is going to be okay, and so I got went through all that. And um, finally, I decided to choose me, <laughs> really. Good. Yeah, good. Well, how long, how long was it after you talked to the doctors and set the date for the surgery? How long of a process was that? Um, it took, it took, um, it went a few days, actually, um, and, and, and that's where the blessing came in. Um, when after I uh, the surge, the neurosurgeon uh, decided to refer me to the uh, the, uh, the the neurologist referred me to the neurosurgeon, I of course was very upset uh, because it didn't feel good <laughs> for the neurologist to say, well, you know, it's not normal. I can't do anything else for you, and I think you need to look at surgery. I, I was just bawling. And so I got on the telephone and I called the referral that he had given me. And the secretary um, first said that there was no uh, space available for another two or so months. And I was like, started praying. I was like, oh, no, I have to get something done right away. And uh, I remember her saying, okay, hold on, let me just check something. And then she came right back to the, oh, I have a, a cancellation, and um, I can get you in, in in a matter of days. And so um, I was so lucky from the beginning, the miracles were happening. Mm-hmm. And so I went for the surgery, and uh, then it uh, it it. It, it it was great. Uh, you know, my family and my friends were uh, supportive, and uh, I, I was just happy that I was going to get some relief at that point. Yeah. Th- that and the preparation, and it's amazing, isn't it, that you set your mind to do something, and when it's the right decision, everything flows beautifully. Yes, um, it, it really does. Um, I, throughout the period, kept asking and praying and meditating, asking for guidance. Am I making the right decision? I mean, there were times when I felt like, oh, well, maybe I felt good today. I felt, you know, I had a day or two that felt pretty good. Maybe I don't need the surgery. And then um, the following day, it would come back again, and then I would not be able to even walk to my elevator, which is about maybe 20 feet from my apartment. And uh, so 
yeah, after I decided, look, you know, I, I really need to take action. And so I, I, I really worked on focusing my mind on um, maintaining a positive frame of mind. Um, I visualized my back as heel, as, uh, as uh, I saw the doctor working on me, and I knew that uh, I would be okay. And um, after consulting with God, with the divine, I knew that I would be taken care of. And that's where the peace came about. And I was able to, to smile and say, I'm ready. And I knew everything was going to be okay. Deep inside, yeah. I knew that. So, how do you? How would you? How would you prepare others who are going through a surgery? Because I mean, it's scary one working on the back. Because I'm sure that the docs gave you, you know, worst case scenarios as they do to protect themselves. Often, you know, one. How did you prepare yourself, and how would you suggest that others prepare themselves? Yeah. Well. Uh, I I believe <laughs> I believe that God would take care of me, you know. And I I, I have I, I walk in faith. My life is all about faith, and I believe that you know the divine didn't bring me this far to uh, to leave me to just drop me and not take care of me. So that was the first thing, and I I really trusted um, that my back would be whole, I would get better. And I trusted my doctor, you know, the neurologist, the uh, neurosurgeon, uh, a wonderful um, uh, doctor who was very kind and compassionate and really put me at ease. And I believe that he knew what he was uh, talking about and he explained the situation to me and what the process would be. Um, so I, with that, and of course the support of my family, and I just knew that my life, I had to, something had to change. And I knew that the, the uh, one uh, doctor had explained different methods of, uh, of taking care of my back, for example, like medication and spinal taps and all those um, other methods. And I didn't think that that would be helpful for me because I had spoken to so many people before I uh, made the decision and who had had uh, somewhat similar back surgery and had taken different medication and uh, was consistently in pain. And uh, I also knew know of someone who uh, had um, uh, injections and it turned out uh, for many years, it turned out that she, her bones became uh, weak and brittle. And uh, uh, at this point, she's still considering, she's now considering um, having surgery. Um, I knew the condition of my back was so uh, bad. I, I felt like I needed something to hold me together. And um, I knew that what they would do for me with the laminectomy was what I needed um, to, to really get my life back on track. Um, I ended up in the surgery with uh, four titanium screws in my back and two 
I mean, not four, eight titanium screws and four, and two braces to hold me together. So I am, wow. <laughs> I'm able, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I cannot express that enough um, that I made that decision and I, I took the leap and here I am to talk about it. And I want to share it with others to not be afraid, gather yourself together, pull on your faith, pull on your strength, and take care of yourself. Right. Because God got yeah. your back. Because God what? God got your back. God God <laughs> got your back. Yeah. Yes, God has your back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's seen that there. You know, you know that expression, right? God's got your back. Well, I've heard someone's got our back. <laughs> nice. I, I know that. It, I believe. <laughs> I believe in the divine. Situation under every spirit, the divine God, you know, whatever reference, I know that understanding that standing under everything that we move through is, is something so much bigger than us. Yes. And I believe that bigger, someone bigger is always looking out for our greater good. And um, when I thought about all the things that I had planned and the goals and like I said before, um, you know, living my life and sharing um, my my stories and experiences and work with people, I just could not imagine that um, I wouldn't be able to um, walk and um, function um, and have a life that was optimal. Right. Yeah. So will your life be, will you have full full mobility and full capacity to do everything that you've done before and maybe even more? Yes. Oh yes. I am <laughs> I love to dance. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite things to do is dance and when I realized that I may not be able to dance again I was just distraught. But oh, now yeah. I am able to walk without any help or support. I'm able to be, you know, in the kitchen. I'm able to move. I'm not really, you know, doing handsprings or anything as yet. (laughs) I looked at the Olympics recently. (laughs) I'm not able to do all that as yet. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. They're they're pretty amazing, the um, fragility of the – just how how people are able to move their bodies so eloquently. It just I've never been able to do a lot of what they do. So it's really wonderful to honor and use our body in the way that it's supposed to be used. So yes. So what <laughs> advice do you have for anyone who's procrastinating and making a decision to either have a, a surgery done or to take care of themselves? Well, that's basically um, one of my main messages. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. You know, make the decision now and enjoy the beauty of life. Um, 
do your homework. You know, make sure you uh, research the, the various uh, form of treatments and the various modalities. Um, request consultation with the appropriate uh, specialist and ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, get support from your family or friends or whoever is in your, in your uh, corner and um, do not wait. Uh, take action now because what's avoided or what's deferred is not avoided. What is what did you say? What is what? What is what is deferred? What you put off today is right. not necessarily avoiding the situation. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Yeah. What about people? And, did you have full health insurance? Because I know sometimes people don't do it. Um, don't do it because of the cost, you know, not having health insurance, et cetera. What if that's the excuse that people use? Yeah. Not an um, it's certainly not an excuse, but, you know, some people say they can't do it because they don't, they don't have insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I understand. Um, but, you know, because I'm a social worker, I, I believe that there are always going to be some kind of social service available for someone, uh, some kind of resource that they can explore and find the, the support that they need. Um, a lot of times it's about really taking the action and going to the, uh, the right people, going to the, the right doctor. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you don't explore, you may lose the opportunity. So I feel that um, it's always it, don't stop, just pursue as much as you can. And I believe that somebody will uh, be around to assist in situations yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, could, was there anything that you could have done? Who knows? You know, the chicken before the egg. Is, was there anything you could have done to have um, – done to have prevented what went on for you or was it just a, an anomaly within your back or yeah um no I was actually from what they explained to me I was born with a uh, a small a small spinal canal as are many people and over time and with age the canal gets smaller and um I guess it developed uh, some stenosis, which is arthritis, uh, mm -hmm. which made it difficult for the nerve to flow freely through my spine. So um, that was my situation. Um, so, yeah, the laminectomy was, uh, I was also, uh, not just I just had the laminectomy, but there was also like a, a certain type of compression with certain um, uh, vertebrae in my back. So I, my back was pretty bad. Um, but like I said, I had exhausted just about every method of treatment, and um, nothing was helpful. It was more or less like a little Band-Aid. Um, the x-ray showed the, the, the closing of the spinal canal, and so they had to open it. Um, because if I hadn't, um, 
who knows, um, it would have gotten worse. I mean, it was worse. It was bad enough I couldn't walk or, you know, mm-hmm. I was always in so much pain. But um, was it's something that clot, I was wondering. Was the blood clot directly associated with it or was it something different? Yes, it was. Um, yeah, it was something directly related to it. And I can so imagine because... Huh? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to ask if that's something that you have to keep an eye on, more blood clots, since you've already had one. If it's, It may have been because there was constriction and it caused... Things. Yeah. Yeah, and I was uh, you know, sedentary, and I, I was very active prior to that, and um, having been hospitalized and incapacitated for a, a while, I, I guess it developed. Um, I was given medication, uh, the Relto, for I think I was on it for three three months, and I just uh, I was just taken off it. I'm pretty back to normal now, but um, I'm taking like a, a baby aspirin every single day, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I guess when I return to see the doctor, um, I, I, I assume it's going to be ongoing. I don't anticipate him asking me to get off it right now, but I'm taking no other medication as of now. Um, so, But, yeah, the blood clot was definitely related to that. That was scary. Yeah, yeah. So your chapter in your chapter in our new book, Life Sparks, is it is it much of not to give away the punchline? <laughs> is it much <laughs> of um, is it much of what we've been talking about, or is there? Yeah. A, you know. It, yes. Um, basically, um, much of what we've been talking about. Um, and as I said, I, I really, um, I guess the greater message is, is um, yeah, don't miss out on your life uh, because you have back problems. Like, you know, we've said before, so many people have back problems and uh, they feel that they can't do certain things. They uh, miss out on a lot of, uh, of life um, beauty. Um, and so... They don't have to, you know. Um, that's the greater message. And also about taking care of themselves, the importance of listening to the body, listening for the signs and signals that the body's saying. And sometimes little things that we may not pay any attention to could ultimately turn out to be something bigger if we don't pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, you never know, and then also at the same time, you don't want to keep running to the doctor. I know that <laughs> when I had insurance years and years ago, when I was married and had insurance, I mean, I have insurance now, but when I was married and there was just a copay, it was before I had found out that I had fibromyalgia things, um, which is, mm-hmm. has been resolved through doing a lot of emotional releasing. I would go to the doctor quite a bit and never got answers, you know, and it ended up that it was a, it was a culmination of many different trigger points associated with fibromyalgia. But it's interesting how often folks do go to the doctor 
um, and especially ones who who go to the emergency room because that is because um, that's their only option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like you know I, I'm not suggesting that people should just run to the doctor <laughs> for every little thing, but um, I, I do do know that a lot of times we get so busy. Um, doing other things that we tend to, you know, just brush things off and uh, feel like it's going to go away or um, it's really nothing to worry about. And um, very often, um, if we had taken action sooner, uh, the situation uh, may have been solved earlier. Um, In my case, in my case, it, it, I believe it took me a long time because I kept saying exactly that, oh, it's going to go away. Um, you know, I'm young and strong and healthy. I work out. I do yoga. You know, I stretch and I eat well. <laughs> you know, all that. And, and, and that, that was all true. Um, but the bottom line was it was more than, than all that. And um, I, I see it as a way of uh, really being astute and uh, uh, focusing on, on what's going on and knowing your body so that you can yeah. uh, pay attention and take action sooner than later. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's sad to see as people get older, their bodies start to take on a completely different form and lose a lot of vitality. And many feel that part of the aging process is losing the vitality. And it's just, it's part of aging is, you know, the body starts to break down. And I, I really am of a strong mind that there are so many preventative things that we can do through the mind, body, spirit, um, and taking precautions through supplements and exercise and good nutrition, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with that. Um, I was doing all that and that, and I think that was one of the main, those were some of the reasons why I didn't take action sooner. I kept saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm strong and, and, you know, it, it's, going to be um, okay and um, yeah, yeah it, it was important for me to just take the next step yeah good well I'm glad you're in the recovery how much longer did you say the recovery process was going to be well he said six to eight months um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it a year <laughs> Um, and because I'm listening to my body as well, and um, as I said earlier, I love to dance, and I believe that I will be dancing again. <laughs> so um, uh, I, I would say um, by this time next year, I'll be uh, doing much more than I'm doing right now, and hopefully, dancing will be one of them. <laughs> I'll be back on the dance floor. <laughs> Oh good. Yeah, I just came back from I just came back from two long weekends of the Didgeridoo Festival down in 
organs. So I danced, you know, I danced like six days because it was three days each and just I couldn't stop. I danced until I was just danced to my tent, you know, and passed out <laughs> and, and got up again. Dancing is so therapeutic. It's just so wonderful to dance. I've always wondered if people danced more and sang more. If we just danced and we sang every time we talked, if there would be yes. less war. Because um, it's such a... <laughs> it's true. I mean, dancing is therapeutic. And um, also laughing. I, 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 those two things I I have always done. And um, right now I'm able to laugh. But... Um, and but dancing is uh, uh it's nothing like it. It talk about feeling exhilarated and uh vivacious and uh youthful. Dancing does that for me too. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dance do you do? I basically just do freestyle, you know, I just love moving my body and um it's just Social dancing, it's no particular um, style or just freestyle and just have the freedom of movement of my body, um, moving with grace and ease. I love that. It's uh, very exhilarating for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, good. Well, I'm looking forward. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? And I'm, I was going to say, you know, I'm from the um, Caribbean, so I love um, reggae music and calypso music and, yeah, <laughs> kinds of dances. <laughs> well, of I bet, do you, have, do you have that back there where you live, or do you have to seek it out? Well, um, you mean in my house or? Um, in, no, I mean in, in the city that you live in, is there that type of music around that you can oh, yeah. find? Or, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, right now I can just listen to it, and I, and I do pretty often because it also relaxes me. But when I'm able to really move my body to the rhythm, I'm, I'm, I'm in heaven. <laughs> I say have good. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful space to do that. It's like dancing for spirit and yes. um I know that it's it's greatly appreciated. So well I'm really looking forward to reading your chapter in the book and um love the opportunity to get to know you today and you did a great job. I know you and I had talked a little before and you said this was your first show. Um, the first yes. time that you had been interviewed, and you did an awesome job. So I hope it oh. was relaxing for you and um, that you were able to share what was on your heart. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we we close the show? Um, no. Um, well, only just to repeat, um, you know, the method, uh, which is to just take close attention to your body signs and messages and uh, don't put off what you can do today. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do for today. Yeah, that's a good mantra because people say put off, put off today what you can do tomorrow. So uh, procrastinator's ode is the, the ode to the procrastinator would be to know that if you put something off that it may have dire 
consequences um, much yes. more dire than one one would expect. So, well, thank you so much. If people want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? They can contact me through my website, www.createwhole.com. And that's C-R-E-A-T-E-W-H-O-L-E. Correct. Right, right. Okay. And you also have one that's blissretreats.com. Is that something also that you're related to or connected with, or is that something different? Yes, that's a new website that uh, we are building um, that will um, connect to our Holistic Wellness Retreat Center um, in South Carolina. It's not up yet, but it will be up in about a week or two. Oh, good. So will the retreat center be devoted and dedicated to folks who are dealing with health issues, or is it a different sort of retreat yes, center? It's, um, yeah, it could be related to health issues, uh, people who want to just uh, get away for uh, a weekend or a few days will be, or even if they wanted to have uh, hold a retreat at the, at the space in South Carolina, they are welcome to do that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being inspiring to those who may have lost their way and lost their voice. It was really a, a pleasure to speak with you today, Veronica. And again, I look I look forward to um, to reading the chapter in our new book, Life Sparks. And for listeners out there, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, if you do hear us in the archived arena, please. Take advantage of the other archive shows that are there. And next week, again, I'm just blown away with how quickly the time's going. August 30th is next week, next Tuesday, and my guest will be Allie Davidson. And Allie is a transformational coach and teacher who assists women in realizing their authentic, connected, and empowered selves. And Allie says that we are all capable of so much more than we ever imagined. We just have to be willing to give birth to our greatness. So please, if you're able to join us next Tuesday, do. Otherwise, check out our show, the the archive shows, which is www.blogtalkradio forward slash authentic messengers. And look for our new book, Life Sparks. You can go to Amazon to order it, and you can go to AuthenticMessengers.com to order a copy as well. So thank you so much. Be gentle with yourselves. Take good care of you, and be kind to others. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. Take good care. Bye. You're welcome. Bye.